Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. It's an ages-old saying, but we really did separate the men from the boys this weekend in the NFL as the playoffs kicked off with the Super Wild Card Weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs in an historic night at Arrowhead Stadium. The coldest game ever played at Arrowhead. The fourth coldest in the history of the NFL. And the Chiefs just dominated the Miami Dolphins. 26-7, the final, in a game that was never really a game. The Chiefs frustrated Tua Tagovailoa and Tyreek Hill all night long on their way to what was their most complete win of the year. The Chiefs look like champions. The Chiefs look like everything they could be all season long, and this time they finally were. Was it the high-flying offense of several years ago? No. Was it field goal is good? Punting the ball is okay? Don't turn it over? Take care of business? Lock down defense? Dominate your opponent? It was all of those things. The Chiefs are just now figuring out exactly who they are. And it was beautiful to see. Somewhere in heaven, Marty Schottenheimer is smiling on this football team. What a ridiculous performance. And Patrick Mahomes with his cracked helmet, nobody will ever forget that. It was so cold at Arrowhead Stadium that the man ran for a 13-yard gain, lowered his head for the first time that I can remember all year. He took on a defender and literally cracked his helmet. It was so cold and frozen. What a crazy, crazy night. The fans were absolutely amazing. There were way fewer empty seats than I ever thought there would be. Giant shout-out to my buddy John Hutchins at Amazing Garage Floors. He's a really, really good dude and a crazy big Chiefs and Royals fan. He has a party bus that he takes to the games, and it was a savior for my son Spencer and his wife Courtney. Now imagine Spence coming to Kansas City for this game, not knowing the weather when he bought his tickets and decided to come. They're home for a long weekend. It's great having them. They wanted us to go with them. We're like, not going to happen. You know the backstory probably by now. And Hutch absolutely saved their bacon. Before the game, they were able to sit in that bus for a little while before going in. And they spent, I think, most of the fourth quarter in the bus watching the game in the parking lot at Arrowhead Stadium because they just couldn't take it. Now, Spence grew up here, but he said he doesn't ever remember it being this cold. And I think that's right. He's lived in Phoenix for seven years and really not been around any cold weather. His wife, Courtney, was raised in Phoenix, and it has not gone very well for her. It was really, really difficult for her, and I felt I feel terrible for her. But they bundled up. They did everything they could, and I know a lot of fans that on Sunday and into Monday are still feeling the effects of being out in that cold. It is not easy. It's not great for your body. There's nothing particularly good about it. There's a lot of folks have headaches and whatnot, maladies from being in the cold. That was absolutely insane. But a credit to the fans that they stuck it out, and they made it. And Hutch, just a personal thank you from, you know, me to you. As a dad, thank you for providing a little shelter for them on their cold night Saturday night. The Chiefs were just terrific. There's nothing else you could say. They trash-talked Tyreek Hill all night long. Legereus Sneed had another ridiculously great performance. Trent McDuffie blew him up on one catch. Legereus Sneed on a third and 13. Just takes Tyreek Hill to the ground at the line of scrimmage. Just blocks him literally to the ground. Amazing, an all-or-nothing play. If he doesn't succeed and Hill gets around him, he's probably wide open for a touchdown. And they trash-talked him all night. At one point, LeJarius Sneed caught on a microphone and says, you got to learn to catch the ball, number 10. you got to learn how to catch it. I mean, they just rode him all night. It was a thing of beauty. It reminded me why football is so great, because when you have a really good defensive team, 
it's equally fun for a fan or a fan base as having a great offense. And it is more than cheerable. It is fun to watch the Chiefs defense dominate opponents. And it's exciting. The Chiefs will now likely head to Buffalo and play Sunday at 5.30 at Buffalo if the Bills win their game on Monday afternoon that was postponed from Sunday. In a city that is 25 degrees warmer than Kansas City, they postponed their game. The governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, said, nope, you folks are not going to enjoy your football on Sunday. I'm shutting it down. Don't get me going on politics and liberal governors and mayors and the things that they try to do. And in fact, do do because she shut it down. And the Bills will play on it. It's actually seven degrees colder on Monday than it was on Sunday. But they're saying it was too much snow for the fans to be there. So they weren't going to do this. Chiefs will likely play the Bills. But if not, it'll be the Houston Texans who were just absolutely sensational against Cleveland. C.J. Stroud, uh, three touchdown passes in that game. The defense, a couple of pick sixes. They just dominated Cleveland 45-14. Green Bay destroyed Dallas. My my personal thought is Bill Belichick is the net head, next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll see that by the end of the week. Jim Harbaugh is interviewing with the Chargers on this Martin Luther King Day, and Detroit on Sunday night beats the Rams 24-23 in the only really good game, the only thriller of the weekend. The Lions get that long-awaited playoff win and they advance. So it is all set up. Two more games on Monday. Stan Weber will be here to break down all the playoffs, the disaster in Dallas that will be a certain firing of Mike McCarthy. I, I can't see any other way forward for the Cowboys with that head coach. Certainly that will happen. And a big news weekend for our college coaches around here. It appears that Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold at K-State and KU were both on the short list at Washington to take the job there after DeBoer left there for Alabama. In the end, Washington gets the guy they coveted in the beginning, I think, in Jed Fish, the Arizona coach. Pretty good move for him, but I don't think it would have been a very good move for Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman. There are reports out there that they each got pay raises for having their name involved with that job, but things remain the same in Lawrence and in Manhattan, so that's good news for local football fans. And we had a fairly typical college basketball weekend. Kansas righted the ship. They played their most flawless game of the year. Bill Self said they he doesn't remember in the first half that they had a bad possession, that they that they had a possession where they didn't get a good look at the basket. Kansas, with just two turnovers, after committing 18 at Central Florida, they completely turned it around in just days and really beat decisively Oklahoma, a top-10 opponent, a team that had only had two losses coming in. And Bill Self said after the game, look, Oklahoma played well. They, they didn't, Oklahoma didn't do anything wrong. We were just really, really good today. So that was the best game Kansas has played all year. You typically expect that after they have a bad night, and they did it. For K-State Missouri, I think we got a little peek into what we're going to see a lot of. They both lost very close games, and that's sort of indicative of where those two teams are this year. It's going to be very hard. Missouri loses in overtime. Kansas State loses on the last possession of the game, a game that they controlled and led by double digits. They blew a lead. I think we're going to see some of that. The Big 12 is hard, but this was one Kansas State really needed and had with a 14-point lead, I think, at one point or more, and they let it get away on the road at Texas Tech. Missouri falls in overtime, so college basketball off and running, too. Stan Weber's here. We're going to talk an awful lot of football on the feast. Brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. See what's inside. Online at medimageks.com. When your doctor orders you to get an MRI or a CT scan, why would you wait three or four weeks? Why wouldn't you just call Advanced Medical Imaging? They'll get you in now, and they accept your insurance. They also do heart scans. You can check your plaque score of your heart. 
Recommended if you're 40 or older. This is out of pocket. It's about 100 bucks, but it is well worth the peace of mind to find out. If your ticker is well, they also see all the other organs in your upper body. Advanced Medical Imaging is online at medimageks.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control is the only pest control company the Keatsmans have ever used. We've been with Advantage long before they were ever a sponsor here at the podcast. Years and years and years because they are the best. Their customer service is simply top-notch. Their technicians that come out are friendly and professional, and they do a great job. You never see any critters around your house. If you have Advantage, Termite, and Pest Control, call 913-768-8989 and make the switch this year to Advantage Termite and Pest Control online at AdvantageTPC.com. And our dentist can be your dentist. Dr. Bill Bush is the team dentist of the Chiefs, and Kevin Keatsman has issues. Jessica and I both go see Dr. Bush. He's terrific. He's got offices in North Kansas City and one in Westwood on the Kansas side. If you'd like to make an appointment for the finest dentistry in Kansas City, it is nkcdental.com or call 816-471-2911. Dr. Bill Bush at North Kansas City Dental. All right, my man Stan is here working as always on a holiday. we got a lot of football to talk about. I cannot wait to hear what he has to say about his Dallas Cowboys. Stan loves the Cowboys, but... He predicted this long ago. He's like, no, they're not going to the Super Bowl. He and I agree on one thing. Mike McCarthy is not a good head coach, and I feel like these have been wasted years with the Cowboys. We're going to break down everything the Chiefs are doing right. We'll talk about all the madness that was Arrowhead Stadium, the frozen drinks and all that we saw the videos of, and the great play by the Chiefs across the board, and the disaster in Dallas with Stan Weber right now on KKHI. Hit it! The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues conversation is brought to you by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC. Online at robertsrobinson.com. It is time to say hello to Stan Weber, who had, I'm sure, quite a weekend calling Kansas State basketball and watching the NFL and two more games to go on this Monday. Hello, Stan. How was your weekend, sir? Everything good? That was a really weird weekend because the weather, obviously, is off the charts. Cold Chiefs game. Coldest ever. Uh, uh, what fourth coldest game in NFL history, and then to have the games canceled on Sunday at noon throws you off. And then now we got two games on Monday, so really one of the feature weekends of the year for me this weekend and next weekend. When you get eight teams left, four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, that's traditionally the best weekend of football. This is close to it with all the games, but the schedule's been a little weird. And then the games have been a disappointment in the fact that the NFL, Kevin, if there are four games in the NFL in the playoffs, I would fully expect year after year after year that three of the four would be competitive. Maybe one would slip away, but three of the four would be enticing for anybody who's an NFL fan, if they're not rooting for the two teams playing, to say, let's go, let's watch this. Three would be normal. Four would be okay. Maybe I'd bet four before I'd bet two. And here we've had four and only one game. Finally, the fourth game with the Rams in Detroit was like an NFL playoff. So we'll see what happens today on Monday with two left. But it was a weird weekend. The NFL didn't perform to the way that we thought. The weather was crazy in Kansas City. Uh, the schedule's been weird. Two games on Monday. We used to not even have playoff games on Monday. So I'm still trying to sort out what I feel about it. But there's only one constant that I saw, Kevin, and that was the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. They yeah, look good. I, I felt like we saw separation in the NFL, and, and I don't want to say that the playoffs are too expanded, that there's too many teams, but we really separated good teams from bad. I, I, I think there was a lot of that. Look, 
what we saw to the Chiefs stand, my takeaway from the thing is we've been looking for that all year. And, and they stepped up at the right time and played their cleanest game. I put out a tweet after the game that Mar- somewhere in heaven, Marty Schottenheimer is smiling, looking down at Arrowhead Stadium, because I think the Chiefs actually know who and what they are for the first time all year. Does anybody beat the Chiefs if they do what they did Saturday night? Because that A game, to me, looks like it's unbeatable. It's definitely elite. Uh, I do hold out one team, and that's the San Francisco 49ers, because I think normally the regular season does matter. Uh, Yeah, there's a playoff level and all of that. You got your questions about Brock Purdy, but the Niners are the one team that could play with the Chiefs if the Chiefs play their best football. But the Niners would have to play their best as well, and if they don't, the Chiefs just overwhelm them uh, with excellence. But, yeah, that was big-time football, and to do it in this kind of weather – was unbelievable. They didn't act like it was cold out there. They were throwing the ball around and acting like the weather was fine until Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumbled on one of the last plays of the game. They never looked like the ball was slippery. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had one snap a little bit low, snagged it right away, and went out and threw the football. It was unbelievable. If you think about the, the type of weather that they were playing in, that if you were told that that was a 35-degree day, a year from now, and say, I'm going to show you a game on TV. Let's go watch this, and it's 35 degrees. You wouldn't have questioned it. You might have saw a little bit coming out of the mouth, like, ah, the breasts look awful cold. But the way that Patrick Mahomes and that football team played was off the charts, and they were able to throw the ball downfield. Uh, this was a Super Bowl-level Chiefs performance. And like you said, we've been waiting for it all year long. Uh, the clown suit that Andy Reid put on, the Miami Dolphins coaching staff and Steve Spagnola, the same thing was unbelievable. Now, first of all, telling the players that we're going to play football I mean, forget the weather. We're NFL players. I was asked all week, Kevin, would the weather affect the game? And I said four out of every five times you have to say no in the NFL. You must say no. These guys just play like it's no big deal. And I got baited into saying, but this could be an exception. I mean, we're talking about negative temperatures, a windy day at, a nighttime game, what's the field conditions going to be like? Will it freeze in certain spots? I said, yes, I think the weather will affect them. Well, it did not affect the Kansas City Chiefs. They played like it was normal, and it was incredible. Uh, the defense was locked down, doing everything right. Steve Spagnuolo's plan and execution was incredible. But on the offensive side, you know, the one thing I thought Miami does have is a good defensive coordinator. The old Denver Broncos head coach is a defensive coordinator, I thought that he could put some things together. Well, he played right into Kansas City Chiefs' hands. He should have played cover two, made the Chiefs throw the ball underneath, and grind down the field on eight play drives, hoping they'd stall out and kick a field goal at some time. What did he do, Kevin? 31 times. Most of the time, he blitzed Patrick Mahomes. Does Patrick Mahomes love anything more than people trying to blitz him? Getting one-on-one situations and seeing Rasheed Rice running upfield with no one on him? I mean, Miami was so outcoached, it's unbelievable, but I fully expected it. Remember when Andy Reid was a young man and he was on TV Monday Night Football and had a Rams uniform on and a punt pass and kick? Remember that, Kevin? Yeah. He was, I don't know, 13 years old, and he was a giant. It looked like he had a grown-up out there with all these little kids. It's one of the funniest, cool things you'll see. Old Andy Reid out there. Well, Andy Reid was bigger at 13 than – the Dolphins head coach is right now, and that's kind of the mismatch it is. It's like a grown-up coaching against a bunch of kids, 
The Miami Dolphins were falling apart at the end of the year. They didn't know how to handle the cold, and they were taught a big lesson. This game was over. There was one good play, one good play by Miami, and Tyreek Hill did it. That was an unbelievable catch, run, for touchdown. But other than that, Miami was never in the game. It was all the Chiefs, even though they had to kick field goals, complete domination. And the fact that they played like it wasn't even cold has my jaw dropped to a big-time level. The, the cornerback play for the Chiefs was elite. I mean, there's no question now. Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie are, I, I think they're the best two-man combination in the NFL. I, Sneed is a freak. The guy's not giving up a touchdown all year. He was just trash-talking Tyreek Hill all night. Some of the isolated videos are phenomenal. He would literally, like, block him to the ground at the line of scrimmage. There were plays that Tyreek Hill didn't even get his pattern run because he was getting jammed up at the line of scrimmage. It was just... It was a master class in how to defend an elite wide receiver, and they trash-talked him all night. It seemed very personal that way. But, Stan, I, this what, what is so exciting to me is we've watched the Chiefs the entire regular season. We've had weeks where they, what, a month ago, they played the Raiders, and we're like, what is that? The Chiefs are not engaged. They don't even look like they're into this season at all. And like a light switch, I thought they played their cleanest and best game of the year when it mattered most, and we were asking, can you flip a switch in the playoffs? I think we saw it with several teams. I, I, I mean, you tell me I'm wrong. I'd, I'd, love to, I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but it looks to me like championship pedigree, everything in the program, the DNA of the Chiefs, leads to the postseason, and whoop, they just flipped the switch, and there they were. There is a big switch that they flipped. There's no doubt about it, but we got to factor in a couple of things because you mentioned it. Both times you kind of asked me a question. I didn't cover it the first time, and you bounced back. I'm so glad you came back to it the second time. Um, the, the NFL is not playing at as high a level for its best teams as they normally do. So don't forget that, okay? To jump over the little hill or step that is the Miami Dolphins isn't that big a deal, okay? So beating the Cleveland Browns, does, does Cleveland win anything? You know, they always falter. It's not that high of hurdle to win these playoff games. But that doesn't take away that it's likely that the Chiefs have the DNA and the mindset, at least more than other teams, to turn it on to another level. But this all started, Kevin, and I'm not sure I said it on your podcast. So if you hear me only on this podcast and not on Sports Radio 810 or anywhere else, I may have not said this. But I definitely had a big theme when they lost Raiders. I thought it was the most cleansing thing and pointed out at that time they finally hit rock bottom. Rock bottom meaning... Forget about the high-flying offense and how Andy Reid dictates to people and how Travis Kelsey's a 100-yard catching machine and Patrick Mahomes can go win games almost by himself with magic. I thought he played well throughout the first half of the year, running for his life, protecting those tackles. The receivers weren't open, running for first downs. But then it kind of deteriorated to where he started making mistakes. You pointed out, Kevin, he did not have his great, flawless year. He had some big plays. He ran the ball well. But... He was not on the same page as receivers. He was turning over the football more than we've seen him at any time in his career. All those things happened, and then the Raiders came in here and beat the Chiefs, just beat them on their home field. The Chiefs end up with a 4-4 four and four home record before the playoff game, Kevin. That's not the kind of Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl team we've been used to under Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But when they hit rock bottom, I thought that was so cleansing that they no longer had to carry the weight of being the defending champions. And the team is likely to go back to the Super Bowl. That is so hard. It's the New England Patriots, I think, in 03 and 04, the last time we've seen repeat Super Bowl champions. So they shouldn't think that way, but we're all so used to 
three out of four years are in the Super Bowl. They win two of them. Why wouldn't the Chiefs go do it again? That's a reality. That was out there. But when they lost to the Raiders, you finally just shook your head and say, I don't know if these receivers are good enough. I don't know if these tackles are good enough. And even though this defense is good, that's not what Andy Reid leans on. He leans on the offense. But after the Raiders lost, I thought they finally just accepted, go win games. That was my thought. Kick field goals. I even said uh, in their next game, uh, I, don't, I, I don't mind if Bucker kicks five field goals. He actually kicked six in that game. Uh, just accept that your defense is good and that you can find a way if you protect the football and do what you can do, run the ball with Pacheco a little bit more. You can go out and grind victories like Marty Schottenheimer would love, Kevin. Not only would he be happy that Arrowhead had a game that was cold and they won, the Chiefs can actually do it in a low-scoring, hard-fought battle and don't even worry about 30 points. Don't even think about 30 points. Think about 20 points and using your defense and punting. I mean, your punter can blast the ball 65 yards. you got a field goal kicker that can make him from 55 in very reliably. Rely on those guys. Play good special teams. And just try to win. You're not that good. You're not awesome. You're not better than everyone else. You're just a good team that if you start doing that, can maybe kick into another gear. I thought they did that. Down the stretch, Kevin, I thought it was a different team. After that Raider game, we kind of accepted. Let's lean on the defense. Let's lean on Pacheco a little bit more, and let's take what we get. Let's not worry about what our receivers can't do. Let's just go out and try to find a way to win. And guess how it all came together? They clicked it up a whole nother notch. This, right? this looked like the real Chiefs who make it to the Super Bowl, but I thought it was very cleansing when they hit rock bottom. I say the Raiders game is rock bottom. They accepted it. Maybe we aren't going to win a Super Bowl this year. Let's don't live up to that hype. Let's just go out and play and see what happens. And guess what? The season wasn't over. I said it then. These teams are not that hard to beat. San Francisco's the best, Kevin. Brock Purdy's the quarterback. Brock Purdy. If they can play him in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy, wouldn't you take that every single day? Do you really believe Baltimore's going to be, re- be reliable starting tonight and all the way through the playoffs? I don't trust them. And these other teams are knocking each other off right and left. The upsets that we're seeing in the playoffs lay a foundation that the Chiefs don't have to be that great to win the Super Bowl again. It could still happen. And I'm glad you pointed out to that Raiders game, to a different style and mentality. And I called it out a few weeks ago, and they're playing it out. And now we're seeing some upside with Rasheed Rice. You mentioned him and how much you loved his play. Travis, Travis Kelsey can be fast again, Kevin. He can be a motivated guy and hurt people. And if these teams are dumb enough to blitz Patrick Mahomes, they're going to lose. Well, Rasheed Rice. He was pulling it out. He's going like, 42's blitzing. I mean, he was calling their defensive guys out and just cutting them apart like no big deal. Rasheed Rice is an elite wide receiver, or has been the second half of the season. Elite. Like top five in the NFL and arguably the best over the last month. I mean, this guy is now an elite NFL receiver. We've all lamented, oh, the Chiefs don't have receivers. They don't have a wide receiver one or anything. No, they've got a star on their hands. They've absolutely got a star, and this is going to be for a long, long time. He's going to be here playing at a very high level, so that's exciting. We've talked about the defense. I've been a little more bullish on the defense this year than you have. You, you've described this defense as a good defense. What I saw Saturday night, you're going to have to talk me out of this, what I saw was elite. What I saw, you know, everybody talks about the Ravens defense. What I saw the Chiefs do Saturday night is absolutely elite, and they can win that way. They, the Chiefs can go, if it's Buffalo, they can go to Buffalo and win 13-10. to 10. They're capable of doing this, and because they have the quarterback with the pedigree that's been there, we're running out of options here. There's no other team. What's the other quarterback that's been there done that? Jalen Hurts. He's been to a Super Bowl. That's it. Brock Purdy hasn't. I mean, we're talking. 
We're, Lamar Jackson has one playoff win in his life. I mean, when we look around at pedigree, this matters this time of year because the Chiefs have this confidence and are able to go out and do things that these other players have never done. And they know that. We saw this with the Patriots for years, Stan. Once you have the pedigree, this is simpler. It's no guarantee. It doesn't mean the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, but my goodness, what a great position they're in, despite the fact they may have to go on the road. Yeah, you think about C.J. Stroud. Like he, he played like Patrick Mahomes did when he yeah. got his first year starting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he lead off the charts. Excellence. Jordan Love has grown into a first-year starter that played elite football. But you're right. They're kind of like Patrick Mahomes was in 2018. He was all those things, and the Chiefs were super dangerous and played at a high level and were ready to go to the Super Bowl. But what did the Patriots do? Kind of grind and fight and put their Patriots logo out there and say, oh, we're going to find a way to go to Arrowhead and win that AFC Championship game in overtime. And now the Kansas City Chiefs are playing that role. You said it very well. There's some talent out there with these quarterbacks, but there's so much to prove for the quarterback, the organization, and everything else. Even the Niners with Brock Purdy, I like them, but there's still a ton to prove in the playoffs and then all the way to the Super Bowl for this quarterback, this head coach. Uh, So, yeah, I I do think that those things are out there. You mentioned the defense. I really like the Chiefs' defense. I really like Steve Spagnola. I think he makes them even better than they are, Kevin. Whatever, you know, on a 1 to 100, if you tell me the talent level, and we like the talent level, we can go over the talent level from Chris Jones, to Nick Bolton, to, to Gay at the linebacker, the corners, elite. I What you said about them earlier, I don't need to repeat that. I agree completely with what you st- you think about these corners. Um, there, there's just no weakness on the Chiefs' defense, and their coordinator makes them you know, even better, 20% better. You know, Give me a, a 75 and add 20% onto it because of what Steve Spagnola does and what these players believe in. So I do think the Chiefs' defense is something to lean on but uh, there, there are some openings in there. This isn't like the old days, the Marty Schottenheimer days of a defense means you just don't get anything. And I think it's there. I think there are some things that you could hurt the Chiefs with when they try to mess with you. You just got to make them pay. When he threw the ball downfield, when Tua threw it to Tyreek Hill, you know, why didn't he do that two more times in the game? Why didn't he pick the right read, the right blitz, and say we're one-on-one, let Tyreek go, go get it? You know, Miami's just playing so poorly. Uh, they're finishing so poorly, Kevin, uh, when you think about their team. They didn't win any games last year in December, okay? And this year, they hardly won any games in December, blew a big lead in the AFC East, lost the game at home against Buffalo, and they acted like they were so cold that they wanted to cry out there on the field. So, uh, you know, don't get tricked by Miami in the cold weather with their offense. The Chiefs did a good job on defense, but still, I have some questions there, but I like where the trend line uh, but yeah, you put that defense, you may think it's great. I may think it's good. doesn't matter if the offense plays like it did right? because the offense goes from what yeah. average to poor is what you probably categorized it. Yeah. That was good. And then when the game was on the line, all the plays where they had the, how about the fourth down run by Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? His awareness of when to run in the game situations is off the charts, Kevin. It's not only talent. It's just an understanding of the game. And when you listen to his post-game interview, he gives you so much information. He tells you so much about what he's thinking. He knows game situation. He knows what the defense is doing. He knows everything that's going on. And he's able to calmly think about it and play and understand what the answers are. He said, well, I missed a couple of passes, right? But I threw the ball exactly where I wanted to. He read the blitz. The Chiefs could have two more touchdowns. They weren't that far off. McCole Hardman 
if he'd put his head up a little bit earlier and see the ball, Patrick had made a decision, threw the ball downfield. It is, he was flawless in his mentality, yeah. his throwing. Did he have a heater on his hand? Did God put an extra heater underneath <laughs> his skin? He's something he didn't else. act like the ball was cold at all. Oh, he at was all. great. He was great. And and my favorite stat, there was a lot of interesting things in this game. He became the Chiefs' postseason rushing leader, passing Marcus Allen. So he's got more yardage <laughs> rushing the football than any Chiefs player in history in the postseason. He also climbed to number seven in all-time postseason touchdown passes. But he only needs four more this year to become number two all-time. And then he's just chasing Brady. So that's going to happen, whether it's this year or next. That's going to happen. So records are falling everywhere. But my favorite Mahomes stat, Stan, was 18 incomplete passes. And a couple of those were drops that I didn't like. Incomplete passes are winning plays. I drove people crazy saying it Saturday night. You know, most fans, when the quarterback is under pressure or something just throws it away, they go, ah, and they gasp. Every single time he did it, I'm like, that's a winning play. Just keep doing that. Don't force it. Don't try to do something. This isn't the game for that. And this isn't the team for that. Just throw it away and punt the football. I'm okay with it. Yep. He's, I think the Raider game cleansed them. I think the pressure is off. And now they're just grinding and finding a way to win. And we've seen it with Beautiful. the New England Patriots. It's a great reference. This, yep. is, this Kansas City Chiefs team is the New England Patriots. Going through the developmental stages. The teams weren't the same when Belichick and Brady won Super Bowls, Kevin. They changed dramatically. Yep. The players turn over. And the style that they played changed dramatically. But they kept morphing themselves into, hey, when we get in the playoffs, we're going to figure it out. The other team's going to fold under the playoff pressure. And we're seeing it with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are constant. Yes, you can add Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. But basically, when history looks back on it, like we're looking back on the Patriots, we're going to talk about a dynasty type of period of time that the Chiefs just won't go away. They're going to win the division every year, eight straight. They're going to be there in the playoffs. And if they're having an up-and-down year, they do this well or that well, they're going to figure a way when it gets crunch time to go win the game with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And that's what the Chiefs are right now. And you're exactly right. Let the punter punt. Throw an incompletion. Let the tackles miss a block. And if it's third and seven, guess what Patrick will do? Run for a first down. If it's first and ten, he'll just throw the ball away and say, let's live to play another down. And if we have to punt, we can punt. We have to settle for a field goal. Let's let's get three points. Let's see what happens. Let's keep playing the game. And we'll make the winning plays down the stretch. And I think the Chiefs are ready to roll. If you have to go to Buffalo, if that's the next spot, everyone's thinking, oh, gosh, is a Chiefs? Okay, you're going to say Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl. That's what everyone started with, right? That was like the norm. What could keep us from winning the Super Bowl? And that's the only question we ask. Now, if Buffalo's at home and playing well and just won their sixth straight game and they're playing the Chiefs, rather than Chiefs fans being scared like, oh, darn it, we have to play Buffalo, it's Buffalo's going to be scared. Kevin, they have to win. Yeah. Finally, at home. You're right. You know who has all the pressure in the world? It's 2018 all over again. Here comes the Chiefs, and here comes the New England Patriots. Patriots aren't as good, Kevin, and – here, man, Patrick Mahomes, this is a chance. Andy Reid, we're going to go to the Super Bowl, and then the Patriots come in and win the game. Pedigree. I tell you what, Buffalo fans, you better be yep. scared. That's the Chiefs fun. have to come your way. All right, so Green Bay, Houston, and Detroit win this weekend. They deserve a little chatter here, but we're not going to really talk about them because the Dallas Cowboys are the story in America after this weekend. I think by the time most people hit the play button on this podcast, Mike McCarthy will be out in Dallas. I don't know anybody that thinks he's going to keep his job. What are your thoughts on what you saw 
How are these wasted years under McCarthy? How underachieving have the Cowboys been? And would somebody like Bill Belichick want this job? Mike McCarthy's won 12 games each of the last three years, won the division twice. So there are some positives there. Dak Prescott maybe played better this year under Mike McCarthy and their system. I think it's more CeeDee Lamb went off and became an elite receiver. Uh, just think about the podcast if you're a loyal listener to KK Has Issues. Uh, I never built up the Cowboys anytime this year, and I laughed when people said Dak Prescott was an MVP candidate. Remember when he started putting up some numbers, and they go, Dak Prescott, MVP. Uh, no, you don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. They have no heart, no guts. They're front-running. Most of their stats come when they're ahead by 10. Then their pass rush is unleashed. Uh, they don't have any capability of stopping the run. They're using safeties as linebackers. Okay, so they're never going to stop the run. They're not physical. They're not tough. When they get behind, they have no answer. All these things are part of their DNA. Now, whose fault is it? Now, start with Dak Prescott. Some people want to throw him underneath the bus and say, this kid just doesn't know how to win. I would say you don't need to throw him away. He's fighting. He's a good guy. He's doing the best he can, and he gives you a chance to win. Uh, I, I think Dak Prescott isn't the problem. The problem is Jerry Jones. And here's the big question, Kevin. How much will Jerry Jones let his coaches coach and people decide who's even going to be on the roster. Because it's Jerry and his son, Stephen, who do the drafting, who do the free agency, who do the salary cap, who do the contract negotiations, and who do the press conferences after the game. Okay? He won't let people coach. Bill Parcells came in, and the Cowboys went from bad to really good in the snap of the fingers. But Bill said, I got to go. Jerry just wants to, you know, he wants me to be the chef, but he's constantly stirring stuff in the kitchen. You know, he's constantly talking to the players. It's his way. Hug the players. Don't kick their butt. So Bill Parcells came in and just left and said, Jerry, I'm not mad at you. You just don't really want a coach who will be a hard coach. So Mike McCarthy's kind of the perfect coach because he's somehow got them to win, and they've been able to do it with Jerry still being happy. But one of the big parts of the Cowboys' success is Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, is the guy that brought the Cowboys up to the level more than Mike McCarthy. And Dan Quinn's likely to become a head coach somewhere, Kevin. It could be the Dallas Cowboys. They could fire Mike McCarthy and have Dan Quinn be the head coach. Or Dan Quinn may leave. And if that happens, then Mike McCarthy is not really Mike McCarthy that he's been the last three years. So I think it's pretty easy for me. Mike McCarthy's got to go. Uh, he doesn't add much uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. Will Jerry Jones be able to function with someone else? And will he circumvent them and not let them coach? Maybe so. But you got to give it a chance because the Cowboys, you know, my wife said to me, she watched the playoff game. She goes, okay, I'm going to watch this game with you. And the Cowboys got behind 7 nothing, and then they got stopped on third down, punted, ran into the punt returner, already had dumb penalties. And she said, are you nervous? And I go, no, nervousness is gone. The Cowboys are losing this game. Uh, there's, they are not going to win this game because they make stupid penalties. They aren't tough in all these issues. So, unfortunately – uh, Mike McCarthy's got to go, in my mind. Let's look at what the Dallas Cowboys are. I never built them up, Kevin, during the year. But here's what the Dallas Cowboys are. Remember I told you about the Miami Dolphins and how bad they are and how embarrassing they are? If you watch hard knocks in season, you even lose more confidence in Mike McDaniel as a head coach. Like, are you kidding me? This guy's a joke. And the Dolphins are a joke. It's embarrassing to lose them. Well, I told you they lost all their games in December last year. And this year, they were really determined, Kevin. They were not going to lose their games in December. Well, they didn't lose every game. You know who they beat? The New York Jets. 
<laughs> they beat the New York Jets, who couldn't win if the Dolphins played with five players against 11. They are just the worst team in the NFL without a quarterback, right? And there's no chance. But you know who else they beat, Kevin? The Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Miami beat Dallas. So you know what Miami is watching that game. Chiefs fans, if you don't follow the Cowboys, you know how bad Miami is, how poorly their coach, how no toughness, can't win down the stretch, all these things, and they beat Dallas. So just mark Dallas down lower. Dallas has nothing that it takes to win, which is guts, uh, perseverance, belief in each other, and all those things. So they've they've been able to win games enough to be a playoff team, but they got to move on. And would would losing this game afford uh, Bill Belichick to be available and possibly come in and be in the next coach? You know, that would be a good step for the Cowboys. They need someone who's going to hold them accountable. They need someone who coaches defense, Kevin. Right now you hire offensive guys, right? Aren't you in that mindset like in the NFL? They want to, they want to hire offensive guys who can lead the offense and score points. That's the trend with coaches. But if Dan Quinn leaves and Mike McCarthy stays, the Cowboys take one giant step backwards because Dan Quinn is the guy who's made them win with defensive uh, magicianry because the Cowboys aren't that good on defense. They're not like the Chiefs. They don't have very many good players on defense, and he makes them look better than they are. But he's gone. Uh, so they need to have someone. Belichick would be great. The real hard question for me right now is should Dan Quinn be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? And the thing that makes me nervous, Kevin, is how does he come in with a hard-ass attitude saying this team's changing his mindset when he's been there three years? Yeah. You know, how, how can he do that? It, 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 I wish Dan Quinn were the head coach instead of Mike McCarthy the last three years, but I don't know how they can convert him. And I will say Dan Quinn had his worst coach game in that game against Green Bay of his whole time in Dallas. They are a team that plays tight man-to-man, relies on playing man-to-man and bringing pressure and sacking the quarterback. For some reason, he went to his zone defense and watched Green Bay go up and down the field. Even the announcer was saying, hey, guys, you're losing. Why don't you bring some guys up to the line of scrimmage? You see how Steve Spagnola, if you watch right before a play, Kevin, and count, usually there's like nine Chiefs up in your picture like they're going to jump across the line and tackle the opponent. And with the Cowboys, there were six. And they were getting the ball run on them, and they were down. I don't know what got in Dan Quinn's head. He may have been spending so much time getting his resume ready I, and his presentation. Yeah. Distractions. You know, sure. when, you know, for the next head coach, like yeah. they have these big interviews coming up, and you got to get interviewed for like four hours, six hours. You got to have your presentation ready. It looked like to me he was getting ready for his presentation. He coached his worst game as a Dallas Cowboy defensive coordinator. Sure. So I don't know if he's a possibility. But the, Mike McCarthy, I don't know if it's Jerry Jones not allowing him or if it's just Mike McCarthy. There's no toughness. There's no reliability. And I never, I never hyped the Cowboys during the year, Kevin, as a team that you could count on. It was good. Everything the Chiefs are, the Cowboys are not. I think it's Belichick or bust at this point. And and Belichick, I think, has the the pedigree here that he can make some rules with Jerry Jones and say, here's how this is going to go. I'm going to coach this team. You're going to stay out of that. Obviously, you're the general manager. Fortunately, Jerry's 81. Yeah. Jerry's 81. He's got to say, I can't have a four-year plan, right? Right. So – He'll let Belichick coach for one year, at least. I mean, he will try to sit on the sidelines because he walks in the room and goes, can I listen? Bill's like, no, get the hell out of here. Out. This is a coach's meeting. Yep. You know, I told you out. about Jason Garrett, Kevin. Uh, Jason Garrett was the head coach for a long time, and he's such a nice guy. And he sat at the end of the, this long, long table. So picture this long table 
with assistant coaches all the way down to the end. And all the analysts and stuff sitting over to the side. You know, they're not at the big table. They're over in chairs, up in the balcony almost, right? And the head coach sits down, and this is the most important day. If you've seen the tape of Bill Belichick, this is the most brilliant thing you ever heard. Andy didn't let you see this, but Bill Belichick did. And you sit down and you talk to your coaches on Monday morning. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, Monday, and you're raw, man. The feelings of yesterday's game are right there at the tip of your tongue. And you got a message for every coach. We're going to go over everything today, what we need to do better, what we did wrong. This is a come to Jesus. Like, we were exposed yesterday. We did this things well. This is like parents, like a husband and wife having a very serious conversation. Like, where are we going to send our kids to school or something like that? And then you sit down and you look right on the elbow of old Jason Garrett is Jerry Jones. Yeah. And next to him, Stephen Jones. And it, so Jason doesn't, you know, it's like having a gallery at you and your, your wife's discussion. You know, you're sitting there and, and Jerry starts talking and says what he thinks. He circumvents them, their ability to coach. Bill Belichick will tell him, get yeah, the hell out of here. Yeah, that won't happen. I, I, will Jerry I, Will Jerry live with that? Will I, he take it or it, not? And it would be so great for the NFL if this happens. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I do have a couple of college questions for you. Stan Weber's with us. Brought to you by Back 9 Development. Online at back9development.com. Your custom home builder. The Finch Knife Company. First ever sale ever through Wednesday of this week. 20% off site-wide. Everything except two models, the two newer models, at finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch pocket knife. And Buck Disposal, part of Ron Buck's growing business. Buck Roofing and Buck Disposal are there when you need them. If you got a dumpster and you're doing a big project around your house and you got to get rid of a bunch of stuff, Ron will bring that dumpster right to your home and cart it off for you. BuckDisposal.com, 913-242-7695. Stan, it's been a week since the championship game, but it seems like it's been a, a year since college football ended. There's been so much news with Nick Saban retiring, with DeBoer going from Washington to Alabama. We saw this weekend and heard this weekend Chris Kleiman's name pop up for the Washington job. Then Lance Leipold's name pop up for the Washington job. It appears they might have gotten pay raises to stay where they are. Uh, my question for you is, what does it say about college football at K-State and KU that their coaches don't go take the Washington job while they're joining the Big Ten? He's a unique man. Uh, and there's a philosophy that used to not carry the day that is being asked about right now. I believe, Kevin, first of all, before I get to the philosophy, that when you test how good a coach is, it is when both teams have equal talent and both teams have big winning pedigrees that they both fully expect to win this game. And they're going to play 60 minutes with the belief, even if they get 10 points behind, that they're going to win the game. If you can find a way to win in that type of environment, Kevin, I believe you're a great coach. And it doesn't matter what kind of uniforms these players have on. And the reason why I say that is because you go back and look at Lance Leipold and what he did at Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, most people go, yeah, that, that's not power five. Come on. And then you go to North Dakota State and what Chris Kleiman did there. And you go, oh, yeah, that's FCS. I mean, that's not Alabama. That used to be discounted, Kevin. They didn't believe my philosophy. They said you've got to have this great connectivity with the big programs to be a successful Power Five national championship, conference-winning type of coach. Well, guess what? I don't believe that at all. And Lance Leipold 
and Chris Kleiman have proven that if they know how to win when they're playing elite competition and they're equal with their players and they do it with a staff that they believe in and people they've had connectivity to it, add the board to that. He's a he's even a higher level of that. When you look at Washington, they played in a national championship game, Kevin. The connectivity that these three have is that they stuck with people they believe in and they fought at the lower level and have worked their way up. And for some reason, these two guys that we know about in the state of Kansas, Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold, have continued to hold on to their humbleness, of their appreciation for all things in life. They want to be with people that believe in them. They want to be with people that support them. They want to be, they want to be where their family enjoys things. So it's not what society tells them they should do. It's what they really believe are core issues. You know, Chris Kleiman, the guy loves to golf, Kevin. There's not hardly any time to golf. But you know how convenient it is to go from Kimball Avenue up the hill and go to Colbert Hills and play nine holes real quick in the summer and, and do it with friends and family? I mean, those kind of things are important. Lance Leipold knows that the University of Kansas is all in on trying to get him to win football games. And he doesn't care about what kind of office he has. Oh, I got an office and it says Oklahoma on the wall. He doesn't care about that. And in college football, Kevin, you can now win anywhere. Why can you win anywhere? 85 scholarships have already started that whole process, right? We talked about this for 15-plus years. But you know what the next thing is? And I know this is true because I've talked to Colin Klein, who's like a son to me almost, uh, and my son, Stanton. I said, you guys are the luckiest guys in the world that you're coaching at this time in history. You know why I said that, Kevin? Because I would have went and strangled them if they cheated. They if they paid players or cut corners or did things that are illegal, I don't care how many games they lost. I would be so disappointed in them as human beings. Kevin, there are no rules now. My son Stan can go offer someone a million dollars if he has the capability to do it, and no one can cheat him out of getting that player, right? Like the good guys don't have to sit and watch the bad guys go by people and cheat. Now it is a free run. You could be a KU, and you can buy players. Players are going to move like crazy. If they don't start in one year and you don't get them when they're a freshman, if they don't start at the school they go to, they're going to put their hand up and say, I want to move. I want to come to your school. The talent level is going to be spread more than ever across the whole landscape. So you can win. You can win anywhere. And you look at the new Big 12, Kevin, wow. Who's going to be the football power over the next 10 years? I propose to you in this conference, you get a free run the national championship 12-team playoff if you win the conference. And in this conference, Kevin, I don't see any way that five, six, eight schools don't think that they're going to win a Big 12 championship in the next 10 years. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> Exciting time. So, these guys, I, I just look at their hearts, their being. I They, they may leave. But I tell you what, Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman seem to me that guys appreciate the opportunity to coach at this level, and they don't think the grass is greener on the, the next door. And that's pretty impressive. And we got good situations here. Yep. This is a great place to live yep. with these guys, and they can win. Well said. Stan, you're the best. Enjoy the Monday football. I feel like it's bonus football. We got another double header today. It's going to be great. Enjoy that. And we appreciate your time on this Martin Luther King holiday today. You are the best, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Kevin. I can only enjoy the games today if you mention and show me highlights this evening of Chiefs. If they show me highlights of the Cowboys, I think I'll have to hit my head <laughs> against the wall. Because at least you should compete in the playoffs. You should compete, Kevin. Yep. But, hey, let's go Chiefs. This is going to be fun. 
There's a new day Thanks, ahead. Kevin. Thanks for having me. Uh, everybody stay as warm as you can, I guess. That's all I can say because it is so cold. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Okay. Bye, Kevin. All right. Take care. There's Stan Weber. And it is tough to be a Cowboys fan right now, but there are better days ahead. We feel like there's going to be some real change there. I got to think McCarthy's out. And I think they're going to make a pitch to Belichick. We'll see what happens. It would be really, really interesting if all that comes to fruition. Uh, Stan Weber's appearance on KKHI is brought to you by Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's remodeler. Whether it's a kitchen, a bathroom, or a man cave, Cross Kitchens would like to do something new for you. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. Ideal Health, regenerative medicine. Dr. Kip Van Camp would like to consult with you. If you're in pain, if you've had chronic pain and it just won't go away and you've tried other methods, maybe your body can fix itself with the help of Dr. Van Camp. Log on to IdealHealthKC.com or call 913-745-5300, IdealHealthKC.com. And Aminis, um, you know, spring is around the corner. I, I know it's seven below when I woke up this morning. Spring is around the corner, and if you're going to order new outdoor furniture for springtime, now's the time to order it. This January is the time. Get the best prices, and it'll be about six or eight weeks before it's in. That's just about right for you. If you're going to order specific furniture, I love the O.W. Lee brand of outdoor patio furniture. They've got all of it. They've got all the catalogs and websites. You go to Amini's, they'll work your way through it. You can pick out custom colors and fabrics, the whole deal. It's such a fun experience. At Amini's, 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. We're off and running. We'll be back on Tuesday with more football as there's a couple of games being played on this day. The Bills and Steelers are going to finally play, we think, in Buffalo on Monday afternoon. And then, of course, Philly and Tampa in the nightcap. It is fun. It's going to be a great week. And we'll get into a whole bunch of other news stories and politics as the week continues. Thank you, as always, for hitting that play button. At Kevin Keatsman has issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.